Welcome to the Breaking Through in Cybersecurity Marketing podcast, where we explore the hottest topics in cyber marketing, interview experts, and help you become a better cybersecurity marketer. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Breaking Through in Cybersecurity Marketing. I'm one of your co-hosts, Gianna Whitfer, and with me is Maria. And we are so glad to introduce and to welcome Christopher Mitchell. He is the Digital Marketing Manager for Google Cloud Security. Thanks for being on, Chris. Hi, everyone. Thanks for having me. Really excited to be here. I was at like the original Cybersecurity Marketing Conference virtual event like two years ago. So really excited to be back now on the podcast. We're glad to have you. I mean, yeah, that's true. You <laughs> were on. You were like one of the uh, premier speakers of the event. That's, that's generous. <laughs> yeah. And Christopher, I think you're one of our early, early members of the society, right? I think you you joined the ride quite early with us and supported us throughout. So we love having you and thanks for joining the podcast. Yeah. And I mean, the, the society is amazing. What you two have built is seriously insane and incredible. The amount of people communicating in the Slack channels is crazy. The donut meetings, like the coffee meetings and everything have been fun, like getting to meet new people. The cyber beers and tears, they're not paying me to say this, I swear. Genuinely, like, it's incredible. Well, now we have to pay you. So we have to figure <laughs> that out. Christopher, you have a really interesting career in cybersecurity marketing. Can you tell the story for the the listeners, like how you started and where you ended up? Because it's got a lot of mm -hmm. acquisitions and IPOs in it. Every company I've worked for has actually either been acquired or gone public. Albeit like the company I interned for, I was not there when they got acquired. I interned for a company called Evergage that was recently acquired by Salesforce, which is really cool. But again, was not there for that. Either way, I actually majored in marketing, so I actually get to use my degree in my everyday life. But the first company I worked for after college was a sales enablement and video training SaaS solution. And it was a great experience. I learned a lot, but it just wasn't exciting enough for me. And I felt like there was more out there. So I started interviewing and I interviewed at Carbon Black. And they were local to Waltham, which is the same town that I went to college in, Bentley. And I knew a bunch of other Bentley grads who also worked there. And I was like, cybersecurity is super cool. This team is exciting. I really enjoyed the conversations I had with every single person I interviewed with. So it was very easy for me to make the decision and join Carbon Black. And it was funny because I joined Carbon Black literally a week before IPO. And so the week before IPO is like the blackout period. So I was asking some of my fellow Bentley friends who worked there, a couple of them were in finance. And I was like, hey, do you like working at Carbon Black? Would you recommend it? Should I join the company? And they were like, oh, it's the blackout period. Can't talk to you about anything. And I was like, I'm not asking if the company is financially stable. I'm literally just asking, are you having fun at this company? <laughs> the SEC says we cannot tell you. If it's fun here. <laughs> they were taking it so seriously. So I was like, all right, whatever. Either way, I think this is the right decision. So I joined the company. A week later, we went public. And just the excitement 
was awesome. And again, like I had interned for a startup, the company before was a startup. So going to Carbon Black at like almost 2000 employees, that was huge for me, like a giant company. The marketing team was like 30 to 40 people. So it was crazy, but it was really exciting. And I learned more in those two years at Carbon Black. Well, I mean, I'm still learning, but I don't know. I just, it was awesome. I was so excited. My manager was fantastic. My coworkers, shout out Will and Darius, would not be nearly as successful as I am today without them on the team. So that was awesome. And then we ended up getting acquired like 18 months later by VMware. And that was also very interesting because at that point we were a public company, so we couldn't really know things in advance because it would be terrible if anything leaked. So we almost found out basically at the same time as the public that we were going to be getting acquired by VMware. There were some rumors that we were maybe getting acquired. VMware was not part of those rumors, so that I think that was a little bit of a surprise to some people. That was an interesting experience as well. I think there was like a solid period of time where a lot of people didn't know what was going to happening. We didn't know if we were keeping our jobs. We didn't know what their long-term vision for Carbon Black as a product was. So there was a lot up in the air and we slowly over several months found out and my role and responsibilities changed, right? Like when Mm -hmm. you join a company that's 30,000 people from a company that's 2,000 people, Like your role and responsibilities get more specific. The opportunity for upward mobility might become more limited. So at that point, I wasn't actively looking for a new opportunity, but if recruiters reached out to me, I was willing to take the call and see. And so a recruiter reached out to me from Simplify at the end of 2019. And I was like, hey, I've done co-marketing with Simplify. I know who they are as a company. This could be cool. I'll, I'll happily take the call. And so after the initial call, and learning about the company, I got very excited because in the most simplest pitch, they wanted to be the Salesforce or Marketo or Workday of cybersecurity. And I was like, that's something I can easily get behind. Their two biggest competitors had just been acquired within the past year. So I was like, simplifies probably next at that rate, right? And when I interviewed with Mike Hardwick Brown, shout out to Mike as well. I instantly was like, I need to work for this company because we got along so well. My girlfriend likes to joke that he's just like a 10-year-older version of me. We even got super close outside of work, which was nice. Again, can't say enough nice things about MHB, about Nimi as the CMO. I genuinely simplify was easily the highest functioning team I've ever seen. And that's not because like other teams aren't as good or anything like that, but I think just the size of our team and the both quantity and quality of content and programs and just things that we put out and shipped was just insane to me. And it felt so good to be part of like a ship where everyone was moving in the same direction and shared the same vision and everyone equally worked just as hard as the person next to them. I genuinely can't say enough nice things about my experience at Simplify. And then two years later, after joining Simplify, again, went through an acquisition, this time with Google. And this time it was a very different experience. And I think a lot of it had to do with Simplify being like a private startup. 
obviously some of it also has to do with just VMware and Google being completely different companies and operating in completely different ways. But what was really nice is that like we found out over a month in advance that we were going to be getting acquired by Google. We like knew the very next day after we were given this heads up, if we were getting a contract, what that contract would be like, we instantly knew what our security would be job wise at Google. So everything was just handled in like a really great way. And it made onboarding at Google that much better and that much easier. But even that experience was like pretty crazy too, because everyone was kind of put on their new respective teams, like appropriately at Google. And specifically, we joined the Chronicle team. So Chronicle already had a product marketing function, a demand gen function, a mops function. So a lot of our team split up appropriately. So I got put on the digital marketing team. So I had a new manager, new peers. So that was a little tough and not because my new manager and new peers weren't welcoming. They're also fantastic. It just was a big change for me. Similarly, going from like 160 employees to 160,000 employees, a little bit significant of a difference. Obviously not 160,000 all work in the security business unit, but it was just a big difference. And it was funny too, because the onboarding, like I had Google onboarding, I had Google cloud onboarding, I had Google cloud security onboarding, I had Google marketing onboarding, I had Google marketing digital onboarding. (laughs) They have the most robust like training system I have ever seen in my life. I made a joking meme with some of my Simplify peers In the first Avengers movie, when they all look up and they see all the aliens like coming out of the sky through the Mm -hmm. portal, like towards Mm -hmm. the end of the movie, I made all of the aliens like training, onboarding videos, (laughs) like, like all of these things, like HR training, legal training, operations training, like as a joke. And it was just like us, the marketing team, we were the Avengers at the bottom looking (laughs) up like all of this coming our way. It's been awesome. I joined when we were 80-ish people. And so through the pandemic, we doubled in size. We 10X'd our revenue over that span. The marketing team tripled in size. We went from like five to 15. So it was awesome to be part of that growth. And it's awesome now seeing all of us thrive at Chronicle and at Google as well. We're still high functioning. We're still kicking butt and taking names. I feel sincerely lucky to have the like career and experience that I've had thus far. And obviously I know I like work hard, but still like, I just feel just so lucky to have the peers that I've had and the managers that I've had and to be on the path that I'm on to be here now, six years out of school already at Google. Amazing. Did they give you the hat too? Yes. I got the Noogler hat. How do I look? We love it. Very stylish. (laughs) For listeners, Christopher has put on a, what is this? A propeller cap, right? It's the Noogler hat. So when you finish your Noogler onboarding, everyone gets the hat. It's Google branded and it has the spinner on the top. Love it. Very nice. So Christopher, let's go back to your days at Simplify. I could hear the passion and the love you have for those days. And let's just take our listeners back to that era. You mentioned that it was a solid team, high performing, and you were... I guess operationally and campaign-wise, everything was working so well. What actually worked so well? What were some of those key, I guess, success factors and levers that made it such an awesome team? 
we had a culture of trying new things and failing fast. So it was never a problem of trying something new. It was literally just like, all right, you have an idea, put together a plan to execute it and let's do it. So we tried random things. Like we got on the LinkedIn live bandwagon and we had a LinkedIn live session with Anton Chuvakin from Chronicle and Google Cloud, coincidentally, and Carson Zimmerman from Microsoft, both very well-respected individuals in the cybersecurity space. And we did like a SOC debate LinkedIn Live. That had over 2,000 registrants. Whoa. Yeah. Just trying random things like that was crazy. Going to Simplify was also a big shift for me because Carbon Black and VMware were so big and Simplify was so small. So one of the things that helped me the most in working with my boss is that he said, just try to ship at least one thing every day. So whether that's sending an email to prospects or customers or hosting a webinar or launching a new ad campaign on like LinkedIn or YouTube or wherever, just try to ship one thing a day. And I think getting into that mindset and that mentality of doing something every single day was hugely beneficial. And again, for that to be possible, we also as a team did a great job of not having meaningless meetings. Like if it could have been an email, it was an email. Even though we were all remote, pandemic aside, we were all remote anyways. We did a fantastic job of communicating over Slack. If anything was going to take more than a few seconds on Slack, we'd jump on a Zoom in two seconds and just talk it out real quick. Everyone was super flexible. Like I said, everyone was just moving in the same direction and was so willing to help one another. That's actually one of the biggest like words of advice I can have is just like always help your coworkers as much as possible. Even if they're coworkers you don't like, just help them. If they need something and you don't even have the answer, I would even just ask the person you know has the answer, get it from them and then relay that answer. So everyone still sees you as a resource. You're like career hacking for us here. This is like... Like, awesome. Keep going. Sorry. I just have to say that's like really good stuff. Yeah. I mean, I know you could obviously save yourself time and just tell them, hey, ask Dan. I don't know the answer. He does. But instead, like, I feel like it takes two more seconds to just ask Dan, get the answer from Dan, and then copy and paste it back to whomever in the first place. Again, that makes you look all the better as a resource. But anyways, I digress. You know what? That's such a good testament to the fact that successful marketing strategy really depends on a strong, solid culture within the marketing team. Because yeah, you can have people that are experienced in digital and no ABM. You can have a nice budget and a strong brand. But if the marketing team has zero culture or they're not helpful, like you mentioned, it's not going to work. Yeah. Another example of something where it was like, let's just try it is that we created an event called Sock Stock. And I know Nimi's been on here and has mentioned that before. I'm sure a lot of the people listening who are also cybersecurity marketers were like co-sponsors of the event with us. So you're already familiar, but it was genuinely one of the wildest things I've ever been a part of. Literally as a team of, I don't even think we were 15 people yet, as a team of like nine or 10, we hosted an entire virtual event and not just like four sessions, half a day. It was like a full on like two day event with like over 30 sessions, a couple workshops, all of this content, we made it explicitly an entirely thought leadership event. So there was no simplify product pitches. All of our sponsors, they couldn't do product pitches either. Like obviously they could be a part of it, 
but we got CISOs from some of the biggest companies in the world, like Home Depot, or even not so big companies, but are still household names like Drizzly. We got some very cool CISOs to come and just speak on different topics throughout all of our sessions. It was cool. The branding was fun and different. The promotion was crazy. It was such a fun event that other people, just random people attending or registering, they were promoting it themselves on Twitter without us like asking or anything. We made sock stock t-shirts. I should have wore that. It's a fun tie-dye t-shirt. The theme's based off of Woodstock. That's what I was going to ask. Mm -hmm. It's a play on word for Woodstock. (laughs) Yes. Yes. It was a play on Woodstock and the Security Operations Center. And so we had these fun like tie-dye shirts that all of the speakers wore. And even those were so popular that everyone was asking us like, hey, next year, if you do this again, can you please sell the t-shirts? Because we would buy them, which was crazy. And even some of the speakers, like I know Nimi, Anton Chuvakin, again, was a speaker at that event. They wore like wigs. They went full hippie outfits for their presentation, which was pretty cool to see these like executives getting so into the theme of our event. We were like 10 people. We pulled this whole thing off and we had nearly 4,000 registrants and like nearly 2,000 attendees. The things we were able to do as such a small team, again, not to toot our own horn or anything, but was like, I thought was was impressive. Absolutely. That is impressive. I love that the executives were so bought into the event, the theme, and attendees are bound to buy into it too. And they see that there is so much excitement and encouragement from within. It kind of ties back to what you said earlier, which is like ship every day. And it also points back to the culture, right? Of the team and like what Maria was saying. It's like someone has a zany idea, right? This Was this an, a zany idea at the beginning that someone just like yeah. pitched? Yep, yep. I think Dan was a big proponent of this idea. Dan Kaplan, to give him the full shout out. His coworker, Josh Greenberg, who was our like creative genius and design genius. I mean, they have some of the coolest ideas. I would love to share them, but I don't want anyone to steal them. But they're two of the most creative people I know. And just the things they would pontificate on were just so fun. And now we'd like to take a moment to thank our sponsors and producers, Hacker Valley Media. Chris Cochran and Ron Eddings run an amazing studio here, which produces not only the Breaking Through in Cybersecurity Marketing podcast, but a bunch of other shows that you're going to want to listen to as well. So all these shows plus more, and then on top of that, probably even more coming soon, are available to look at, listen to, and sponsor at HackerValley.com. Make sure you go over there and say, hey, Gianna and Maria said I should come check out your website, listen to your shows, and uh, sponsor a podcast or two. Amazing. It was like, okay, here's a zany idea. Like we have this crazy thing we want to do. We want to do Woodstock, but for sock professionals, we'll link to the sock stock website. If it's still up, I don't know if it's uh, still up. I don't that know. hippy dippy branding and that guy at the bottom <laughs> with the guitar. Yep. Like yep. you guys took it and ran with it, right? The team took yep. it and we're like, you know what? Try it, feel fast and yep. let's try this thing. Right. Yeah. I think what was nice too is we made the effort to tie them back to one of our goals. And another reason why I really wanted to join the Simplify team was that they didn't care about like the high level lead generation. Like our goals were MQLs, pipeline, and revenue. Like we had a revenue number that we had to hit. 
we were that focused. And again, all of our crazy ideas had to tie back to that. So like stock stock, easy to tie back to like lead gen, MQLs, pipeline, and those sort of things. Like Dan also had a really great name and great idea for a podcast. So that's again, if he ever creates it, I don't wanna I don't wanna share it. But that was like one of those things where we were like, we'll keep it on the list, but it's we're not gonna make it a priority like we made sock stock a priority. We genuinely heard everyone out, but we still made sure to tie all of these ideas back to one of our three primary numbers and goals. I'm on the website. The tagline for the event is the grooviest (laughs) event for security operations, which is awesome. Yes. So you like that Simplify, like the marketing team basically held a bag, right? You have a revenue target, right? What were some other indicators or in general, like when you're looking at companies or anyone, when someone is looking at companies and they want to join a company that is on the path towards acquisition, right? It's a solid company. You think, oh, this is going to be a hit. Mm -hmm. It's going to be acquired. It's going to IPO. It's going to be a unicorn. It's going to be big or whatever. What are some other things that you look for? At a company level, I looked at like their rounds of funding, like how many rounds of funding have they gone through? Has each round got significantly bigger in the amount that was funded? Simple things like that. Again, the company vision, I was super bought into being that automation platform that cybersecurity professionals work in and out of every single day. Ideally, we'd maybe be like a check the box solution. So there's more of a necessity. We're not, but that's okay. We're not like EDR or firewall where like you, ha- you have to have it. Again, that's okay because we were in a very hot space. So that's another thing to look at is SOAR was a very hot space. Like I said, the competitors, the two biggest competitors had both been acquired by Palo Alto and Splunk respectively. So then we were the largest remaining independent vendor, which this might just be unique to our situation, but that actually gave us a competitive advantage as well, which is pretty cool because as a SOAR solution, you want to integrate into everyone's existing solutions and you don't want to play favorites. So the fact that we're not Palo Alto now who acquired a sword and now we're going to like shove our products down your throat. It's we're still independent. You don't have to augment anything you have existing. We can just come in. So again, kind of unique to our situation. I also, because I was still at Carbon Black at the time, I went to some of my friends in engineering and in sales engineering, sort of those spots and just asked their opinion on the product and what they thought of the product in space. Like, do they, is it good? Is it bad? Is it overrated, underrated? So getting their advice was super helpful. And like one of the SEs was like, everyone wants to soar. Not everyone can afford it, but it's like a good place to be. So I was like, all right, that's good to know. So I think those are some things at like a business level. Like you could go on the website, see if you can find like any sort of recording of like the CEO talking and just seeing sort of what their leadership is like. So like for at Simplify, it was a very young, first time CEO and founder. And like, I have aspirations to be that. That got me excited. Whoa. (laughs) Whoa, Chris. You have aspirations to be a first time founder or a founder? I do. I have no idea what it would be, ideally in the like SaaS space, because that's just what I'm comfortable with. Okay, so you're not going to start a Um, coffee shop with me and Maria. Which is what we were going to, or food truck. Unfortunately not. I'd offer to help with the advertising, but I think you both know more about advertising than I do. So <laughs> That's sweet. 
That's I don't a, think you need that's me. That's a great way to get out of things, by the way. You know, that was very smooth. Like, I would love to, but you're the expert and you're smart. And I don't, I, I can't help actually, because you're too good. <laughs> um, I joke. So, so, so like I went to Bentley and one of the biggest competing schools was Babson and Babson's more known for entrepreneurship. And my little brother is a senior at Babson right now. So I told him, I was like, you're the entrepreneurship major. Like, as soon as you graduate, come to me with an idea and we'll do it. You know what I mean? We'll see what he comes up with. Love that. Christopher, you want to be my brother? I have a lot of ideas. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Sign me up. (laughs) Okay. But yeah, so that was exciting to see like a young, confident, first-time leader. Again, like kicking ass from a company perspective, that was important. And then from just like a day to day as a marketer perspective, like it was important for me to like everyone that I interviewed with. And it was important that like I understood and appreciated the answers that they provided for all the questions that I asked them in return. I honestly think during an interview process, like it's more important for them to sell you on the company than it is for you to sell yourself on why you should get the job. So So I think that's super important. And again, like I had the best time talking with Mike, like I instantly knew we were going to get along. I really appreciated my conversation with Nimi for the first time. I knew he was a good leader and I knew that there was a good culture on the team. It was that level of maturity and sophistication, despite being such a small team and such a small company that we had not lead gen goals, but literal like MQL pipeline and revenue targets that we were responsible for, which is awesome. And again, I don't know how much that played into us having an extremely positive relationship with sales, but we did have an extremely positive relationship with sales. Maybe the only positive relationship with sales I've ever experienced in my life, but it was awesome. Can I just tell you how nice it is? Tell us. It's so Overwhelm us with the good vibes. It is so nice. Like genuinely, when SDRs actually follow up on your leads Or when sales reps say thank you for like an opportunity that you sourced and genuinely give you credit, like there's nothing better. And it's so fun too. And we would collaborate and like a sales rep, you know, they would come to me and be like, Hey, would love to do a webinar on this topic because I think it would resonate with my prospects in whatever region for whatever reason. I'm like, hell yeah. Like, I don't even have to think of an idea now. You're bringing me the ideas. Yeah. This is, yeah, this is ideal. Same with the biz dev team and partner relationships. Like, I think that was another huge success factor for us is that we did a bunch of partner activities, whether it was at events or partner webinars, because that's giving you access to a Mm. database beyond your own, which is huge. That's a force multiplier in and of itself. So that marketing and sales relationship was nice. Making sure you clearly know what your role and responsibilities are going to be. So you know you're going to like get excited to go to work every day because I think that's important. And I was genuinely excited to go to work every day. Again, because we were a tiny team, I was running webinars at 1 a.m. in our APAC region. And I didn't even care. I was like, I'll stay up slash take a nap and then wake up. Like I'll do webinars at 1 a.m. and APAC because like I want this to be successful. And again, I like believe in this mission. It's just really cool. Again, those are just some things like I think are worth looking for. So I don't know if you believe in this, but I believe in the evil eye. 
So if I were you, I would burn some sage today because I think a lot of marketers are going to be jealous of you today <laughs> after they hear this episode. No, that's fair. That's why I'm saying like, as hard as I work, I know that I'm extremely lucky to be yeah. here. And I'm not trying to like brag I'm in kidding. any way, just share my experience. But no, I no, like your right. brags. It makes me happy. Yeah. It makes me happy to right. know that there are good places <laughs> besides the fat places that me and Maria work, of course, but that there are good places too. Cause we hear a lot right now, right now it's tough. Like we're recording this in October yeah. of 2022 and it's tough for a lot of teams. Budgets are retracting. There's layoffs. There's a lot of stress. If you're highly capitalized as a company, you have a lot of pressure on you from your investors. So it feels like a little bit of a bummer in a lot of places. And it's nice to hear about a startup that won. And that a team that loved each other and worked well together and was able to produce at a velocity that outpaced other teams and that you found this like, not a hidden gem, but this gem of a company to work for. Exactly. And I also, I don't think it's just luck. I think you're a hard worker. I think that you deserved the opportunities that you've gotten because of hard work, not just, you know, your stars aligned. So definitely celebrate that. Thank you. So I have to ask. What's your digital marketing strategy at Google? Does it include Google AdWords? Yes, actually, it does include Google AdWords. You'd think I'd get a little more support from the Google Ads team now that I'm part of the company, but I'm still running that mostly on my own. Do you get friends and family discount on cost per click? No. What? Tell them? Oh, no. That's hilarious. <laughs> nope. I think they would have some like antitrust issues or something if they, if they oh. gave us any sort of whatever treatment. So yeah, similarly, like they can't instantly have us rank like number one in SEO or that would be a, that would be a big deal yeah. if that happened. So very good point. I'm very retracting point. my application. I don't want to work at Google anymore. <laughs> Maria wants the <laughs> wants the golden goose. <laughs> it is funny. There are definitely pros and cons to being at, just such a giant company. I mean, obviously, like I have more security, the compensation and benefits are a little more generous than a startup. And I actually, I definitely have a better work-life balance. I'm not hosting webinars at 1am anymore. It moves at a significantly slower pace. There's a lot more process involved. You need a lot more layers of approval for budget and for even just doing something externally facing from legal. So it's just a completely different world. I think if I was joining this company without my Simplify peers, I think I would have struggled even more than I did. It's hard with that change. Even moving from like a small company to a small company is tough, right? If you just move from a 30-person shop to another 30-person shop. So moving up and down at these employee-sized companies is really yep. hard to readjust to, especially when you're used to basically running things on your own and like yeah. just using the company credit card to ching and here it's like, <laughs> hold on guys. like. Google at one point was the same way, and but those people built the processes that now new people enter into, right? Yeah. At Simplify, you guys built probably SOPs and processes that were light and lean. And it's just a matter of like, when you have more people, you got to like, make sure everything is more aligned and you do that through processes because yeah. people aren't talking to each other every day. You're not talking to everybody yeah. else, you know? It's a big mental shift too, because I think I was struggling too early on because I, again, I just for over two years was trying to ship something every single day and you can't really ship something externally every single day at Google. So what was really nice is my manager, Jody was like, well, think about shipping something every day 
including like things you ship internally. So like if you complete a strategy deck and you get sign off from like a CMO, not that I'm like actually talking to a CMO, but, but like if you get sign off internally on something, that's still something you shipped. If you got like a PO through the system, that's something you internally shipped. So it was just kind of that mental shift in thinking of in addition to the external shipping, as long as I'm shipping something internally as well, I'm still being productive. I'm still producing. I'm still getting my job done. Exactly. All right, Christopher, Gianna and I, every episode, we try to guess our guests, I guess, wish of a career, or let's say if you weren't doing what you're doing today, what would you be doing? And so her and I are going to take a stab at guessing. She usually wins, but every now and then I do. Uh A lot of times she cheats. We let it go. Not a big deal. You cheat too. You're a cheater just as much as I am. (laughs) I'll let you go first. So go ahead, Gianna. Okay. So rules. So I think obviously you can't be a marketer and you can't work in cybersecurity. And you said you wanted to be a founder of a SaaS startup. I think that should be knocked off the list. So what would Christopher do? Christopher, you're like a people person, I think. Like, I think you are a friendly, helpful person. So if you were not doing this, if you could have any job in the world, if you were not doing this, I could see you being a tour guide of like somewhere, but it's somewhere you love too. maybe like a tour guide at like a really cool historical site. So anyway, that is my guess. Maria, your turn. I definitely get that friendly, helpful vibe for sure. But I see it from like, working with animals perspective. I don't know if it's from like a healthcare perspective or biology or being at a zoo working with animals, something. That's fun. I think real quick before I share, Gianna, tour guide of Boston, hypothetically, because I live in Boston, I have kept a very detailed record of like all of the bars and restaurants that I've gone to. And (laughs) paid you to say that, didn't she? No, so I'm I'm not saying that would be my dream job, but I have genuinely taken very serious notes about all of the bars and restaurants that I've gone to, what I liked, didn't like. And so like all of my friends, when they want to take someone out on a date, they ask me like, what do you recommend? And I'll be like, well, what's her vibe? What's your vibe? What's, you know what I mean? Like, and I have yeah. my, my roster of recommendations so I can, you know, you pick have out a, the right you one have a Zagat or whatever, right? Yeah. It's the Mitchell guide. Yes. So I do joke that I would like, maybe one day when I retire, I could publish that as a book for, <laughs> you know, future 21 year old in Boston. So something I'm super passionate about in my personal life is fitness and going to the gym. And so I think it would be a ton of fun to like own a gym or just even be a personal trainer for fun. So you guys are on the right track. Like I'd be interacting with people a ton. I'd be helping. I actually, so in college before internships in corporate America, I just worked at a GNC for like most of college. And that was a ton of fun. It was also good getting that sales experience at the time. And and it definitely fueled some of my competitive nature because I always wanted to be the number one sales associate, not just in my like GNC location, but in the entire like North America GNC (laughs) region. So that was fun. I was very competitive. So health and fitness is something I'm passionate about. And I think any opportunity in that realm would be fun. That's awesome. So, and you're saying I won, right? I think it was a, a great tie between the two. No, you're another just trying tie. To be nice. I'm just trying to be nice. Yes, Gianna, you got this one. Just, thank you. Thank you. Because we're keeping track. I'm actually keeping track oh now. God. So 
Yeah. Oh, don't make a face at me. I'm going to go into that Excel sheet you're keeping track on. I'm going to change everything. Don't lock it. (laughs) (laughs) I know you have an Excel sheet somewhere, Gianna. I actually do. Okay. So Chris, how can people contact you if they have questions about anything that you talked about today? If you're open to being contacted. Oh, I'm super open. If you go to my LinkedIn and you just friend request me or message me or whatever, I'm like super responsive. So happy to talk to anyone about anything on LinkedIn. Heads up though, I am not open for new opportunities. I get a million people asking me on LinkedIn. So no, I'm extremely happy on my team at Google. I'm extremely excited to see what the future holds at Google. I mean, we just literally like last week, we acquired Mandiant. Who knows what's going to happen there? Like there's just so much change and excitement for the cybersecurity business unit at Google. So I'm very happy again, very lucky. So that's where I'm at. Like, I'm happy to, like I said, talk about anything. If anyone has any questions, happy to answer them. Like I even like Gianna, I mean, you had questions about nurture and Gianna, you mentioned today on LinkedIn actually about not everything that works for everyone else will work for you. And like Mm -hmm. hearing thought leaders make recommendations is great, but like you still need to find what's best for your programs, your market and everything. And I think in a similar vein is like your goals should also be, I mean, I've always based my goals off of like my own program success and not just like industry benchmarks or like overall benchmarks. So there may be, there's some like ideal open rate out there, but if, if my open rate last month was 12%, I want to beat that this month. So I don't need to get to 30% open rate now. I mean, someday, hopefully, but like, as long as you're beating your existing success, that's good. I can see you'd be a great personal trainer. It'll be about, you know, it's you against yourself. Oh, well, that sounds very combative, but you know, you're the baseline. Your stuff is the baseline. You don't have to deadlift 500 pounds right off the bat if you could do the bar to start or dumbbells. Like that is the start and then you increase from there. Thank you so much for being on, Christopher. We had such a good time today. Yeah, this was so good. This was so much fun. I'm happy to come back and talk more. Maybe we'll see if people like that. <laughs> oh, you're going to be back. This was so much fun. Like I said, I genuinely appreciate being a part of this community. I had a great time speaking at the virtual event years ago. I had a great time finally, finally meeting people in person at the meetup at RSA, okay. which was so nice. First event back in the wild. But even that event was fun. Putting faces to names. It was good. That's right. Amazing. All right. Well, we'll see you on a future episode of Breaking Through in Cybersecurity Marketing. So everyone, if you want to be on Breaking Through in Cybersecurity Marketing, send a note to podcasts with an S, which hopefully doesn't sound too bad in this mic, at hackervalley.com. We want to hear your stories. We want to hear your successes and failures and data. And we want to learn from you. Give us a five-star review. Yeah, and don't forget to share this episode. And as usual, tune in every Wednesday for a brand new episode. See you next time. Like, 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 subscribe. subscribe, Do all the things. Like and subscribe. Tell your family, friends, and enemies. (laughs)